Hello, and welcome to the Red Raven Games Podcast, episode 19. I'm Brenna Asplund, and I'm here today bringing you a sort of special episode of the Red Raven Games Podcast. We weren't able to record a regular episode this week because we've been really busy playtesting an exciting new game that I can't say too much about yet, but we should be announcing some more about it soon, so look forward to that. What we have for you instead today is an old interview we did with game designer Tim Fowers. Now, this is from a while back, from before the podcast hiatus. It was before the Near and Far campaign even ended, I think. So if it sounds a little strange and we're mentioning things that we maybe contradict later on in future episodes, it's just because of time, time travel shenanigans, let's call them. For example, I think we talk briefly about Isle of Sky in this, which in another episode we talked about playing, but in this, at the time of this interview, we hadn't played it yet, neither me or Ryan had. So I hope you will enjoy this special bonus episode, and we'll get back to you with the regular content next week. Welcome to the Red Raven Games podcast. This is a special episode, and we have guest Tim Fowers with us. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm Ryan Lockett. I'm Brenna Asplund. Tim killed and replaced Craig. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Craig couldn't be here this time. Yeah, he's indisposed. Actually, there was an episode, uh, maybe episode five or something, where... um, he put in the recording of the Emperor, uh, Emperor Palpatine saying, kill him. Kill him yeah, yeah, we got a, we got an iTunes review saying, I'm just disappointed they didn't follow through and kill the intern Craig. <laughs> well, we cloned him, and then we have a new intern Craig every time. Yeah, ah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It's really disappointing. <laughs> there you go. So, usually we start off with just asking, what, what are you playing lately? Like, what games are you playing? Um, all right, like... Board games? Well, actually, first let's let's start. Let's start with uh, sort of tell us um, who you are and what do you do and why are you here? Why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I'm I'm a self self publishing board game designer, uh, Tim Fowers, and and I've made a bunch of video games and board games. Yeah. um, uh, But mostly board games now. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Fowers games. Uh, yeah, Fowers Games, Fowers.net. Oh, yeah. Okay. Website. I have some experiments there and all kinds of different stuff like yeah. that. Burgle Brothers is one of his big ones. Yep. And uh, Walkstar back in the day. Yeah. Paperback. And re- yeah. And recently uh, just kickstarted. Yeah, Fugitive. Fugitive. Yep. Yeah, that, yeah. D- that did uh, really well. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind of kind of crazy. Yeah. And I played I played Fugitive through like every phase of development. Yeah. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I like it a lot. It's, oh, thank it's you. a great game. Yeah, um, it, I was for for being just like forty two cards. I was surprised at the response. <laughs> it's like it's a pretty it's a pretty small game, but I wanted to make something that was just like more like kind of classic and 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 pe- that that maybe people could even play with another deck. That yeah. They wanna, yeah, yeah. So what what in like a sentences or a few sentence sentences? What's the game about? Uh, Fugitive is a um, it's the it's the like Fugitive the movie. It's like yeah. one person is the marshal and one person's a fugitive. Fugitive is trying to get out of town. And he's just playing these ascending numbers face down and trying to get to up to the 42. And the, few, the, the marshal is guessing those numbers and, and using deduction and whatnot. And, and she's getting more and more information. And then she's, she's uncovering those numbers. And if she can ever uncover all the, all the numbers before he can get there, he's caught. So it has this tension of like, 
what is she going to guess this turn? You know, am I going to get caught? And like, it, it has, it's really just trying to hit that one note of like pursuit. Yeah. And there's so much tension in the game. Like, you know, the times I've played when on either side, because you're like, Oh, please don't catch me. You know, and you're yeah. trying to second guess and, and, and use your bluffing. cards bluff. Yeah. You're trying, there's a lot of bluffing in the game, but there's a lot of like strategy too. You know, you, yeah. you got to think about the different options and how likely they are. And, well, and and but it was interesting though finding finding bringing something back like straight up guessing is something that people like weren't really used to yeah. like 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 I'm like because early on you feel like as a master you don't have a lot of information but there's this curve where you're going to have all the information at some point in the game yeah and at which point he you're going to catch him yeah and so and, and, but but early on people were like so this is like like go fish like am I gonna just like <laughs> guess a number I'm like just just, no, just start eliminating some possibilities <laughs> and things are gonna get 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 tense here real soon. yeah yeah so. that's cool I like I like the build up you know of information as you go along yeah and um so so yeah and then uh, I added some events uh, I I made it really I made it just really clean with numbers and it's very playable like that but then to kind of spice it up after a few games I put some events in there and, and those are kind of the stretch goals for Oh, cool, cool. I haven't played with the events yet, so I'm excited to. Yeah, yeah. I backed it, so yeah, I'm excited to see that. So, what what have you been playing lately? What games um, have you been playing? I just played uh, Castles of Burgundy, and I played. Well, I recently played like Blood Rage and uh, Isle of Sky. Okay, yeah. And um, it was interesting. Like, it's interesting. I think I'm getting to be an old man. <laughs> Like I just say that. Well, I think that that my my taste is changing. Yeah. Like like I've noticed mine is. Yeah. Like like just as you as you kind of like and 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 new things keep coming out and and the landscape keeps changing, but like I you know I've really kind of lost my my taste for like really kind of take that and really like domination confrontational games. I'm just like, yeah. I like games where like me more competing like in a race. I mean, fugitive works well because one person's running, one person's chasing, and you're not comparing equal things it's like yeah. you know we're trying to do different things and we're competing but you know it's okay right so right. and then i like making cooperatives a lot too yeah i mean there's and there's a very different emotions when you're playing a cooperative game than when you're playing a competitive so i don't know so i played like blood rage and stuff and like it was good and it was beautiful and all these things but i was just kind of like i i don't think it's for me <laughs> like i just you know yeah since it's, it's a it's a really popular game i i keep i keep seeing people talk about it and say how amazing it is i haven't tried it yet yeah. but uh yeah it's so. interesting so I, I know in the game there's a lot of like direct attacking yeah. is that correct but it's sort of designed around that so that yeah. and um, there's like a, like you can kind of win by losing in some cases oh, and you I've can kind of that. pivot yeah. you can pivot in different ways it's like a loki thing where you like want to lose or something yeah, yeah yeah if i lose yeah. these things so um you know, and and maybe maybe I should just give another shot, but but uh, and then like same with Isle of Sky, like is this big game a lot of people are talking about, and I'm just like, and for me, I'm like, I'm like, am I missing something? And like, am I? <laughs> Was that a more Euro focused? Yeah, is it, it's, tile placement. Is it? How similar is it to Carcassonne? Uh, well, you're building your own kind of little worlds. So it's a much oh, smaller it's map. Not a, okay. Yeah, but you're kind of drafting over the same tiles, but then you're trying to get different kind of like set collection scoring things, and you're trying to like you know you know like like raw or something where you're like scoring in like lots of different ways and you're trying to like keep all, all of them the balls floating so i guess yeah like yeah. but i don't know some, some sometimes on the on the other end where, where it's just kind of like yeah these are points but i'm not feeling like i'm being anything in this game <laughs> like the fantasy of this game is not super strong and i'm not 
I'm not a super like I don't role play a lot. I'm not yeah. super strong on on story or anything. But at the same time, I just didn't feel like there was any anything that was fulfilling for me as a fantasy. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. just maybe it's me changing. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. getting grumpy. I feel like I've always had old man taste in games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always I've always gravitated more towards like puzzle games or co-op games or like yeah. civilization builders. I've never been much of a like fighting each other games yeah. kind of a person. Right. right. Well, there is a really interesting uh, um, st- uh, survey that's going out right now. This this company called Quantic Quantic Foundry. Uh, did this survey for video game players. Oh, like what they... I think I saw this, the yeah. motivation that a player has when they yeah. play the video oh, game. Oh, yeah. I've read, right? I've and they've been, they've been rolling this out trying to get more people in the board game world to give them enough input to to start to aggregate some information about this. But um, I've studied personality stuff a lot, and like, and there's all kinds of these different ang- angles. Like There's achievement, and there's mastery, and there's sometimes just connectedness. It's like, I want to connect with other people when I play games. Um, and, and people really do come to games with, with wanting to get different things out of it and, and the best games can give give each person kind of like maybe there's a strategy I can do that will let me express myself in a way because I'm about expression or you know or I really want to optimize I want to find kind of the best solution for this game state and, yeah. and that's mastery you know and like um, so sometimes you want to that's you definitely know, one of mine <laughs> yeah you want to you yeah, hit yeah. a lot of those but sometimes a game will just hit one note you know it's like it's just for for this and, and then that, the player that doesn't whatever. appreciate that is not going to be into that game necessarily. Yeah, if that yeah. game hits that one note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of one of the interesting ones for me that I think came out of that study, unless it's something else that I'm thinking of, is re- like responsibility and connectedness as a motivator in oh, games. Like when you're given, like say, like a companion to take care of in a like say the indie computer game shelter. Yeah where you're taking care of your little babies. Oh, yeah. as, a, as a mama badger, you're walking through this world taking care of your baby badgers. And like right. that really <laughs> draws me into a game. Well, like I really care about these virtual things and I have to take <laughs> care of them. And like I feel like there are some board games that can do a little bit like that. I think we're going to appeal to players like me in Near and Far, for example, now that we've added some like pets into the game. Yeah. Like every player gets a dog yeah, but, or a cat now. But but that can <laughs> yeah. be abused, right? It really can. And if it and if like if a game designer takes that too far and like abuses that, then nothing will upset me more as a, I, as a game. Well, player. I mean, you look at Farmville. It's just like, yeah. hey, it'd be it'd be horrible if something happened to these these animals <laughs> if you don't come back and play our game, yeah, like like or give us money or something. And the, and you're like, they're literally holding your like pets hostage, <laughs> you know? I mean, to, I mean, it goes all the way to Tamagotchis and virtual. Well, pets I was gonna say Tamagotchis like the the yeah, ultimate yeah. like mm-hmm. take care of the animal like, thing, right? Or like even even like Animal Crossing kind of does that, where like yeah. it's real time, but if you leave for too long and don't play consistently play the game every day, then you'll come back and your town will be horrible. It'll be covered in weeds and cockroaches <laughs> under everything. And well, and that's when the game starts playing you outside the game. Yeah, it's right. True. Because there's like the magic circle. You go in and you, and we establish the rules and we play this yeah, game, and then we're yeah. done. We walk away. But but these persistent online games go into this space of like. Well, now I'm worried about this thing, or now yeah. I'm going to start to schedule my life around this thing, and like, becomes really. I don't know if board games could get there, but like, uh, it's, it's if it, they could, I'm sure they would try. Persistent, <laughs> real time board games. But but I mean, if it's keeping you up at night, it's it's probably, it's probably not probably not healthy. Fun. Well, yeah. that's that that that's another level of the addictiveness of like the MMO, because yeah. like you're yeah. it's the social mm-hmm. thing. Like with, you're with your friends, but if you don't keep playing, you'll get behind. 
Yeah, the FOMO. You've got to yeah, keep. Yeah. Is that yeah? You know, the fear of missing out is a yeah. big thing right now. Where that's people, why. I've, that's why I've never been able to get into an MMO because yeah. I can't keep up with other people. Yeah, I, I, can't I can't sell my soul to it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just like yeah, yeah. You need to commit more and, and whatever. And and even the sense of achievement in those games. There's certain people that 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 they feel an entitlement to progression in the, in a game that they've put a lot of time in, regardless of skill increase. Like they've gained no mastery. And they're like, no, no, no. I put my time in. It's like it's like they've put in their 401k. They're like, <laughs> yeah. I put my time into this game, so I'm level 30, and so yeah. I'm more powerful just by virtue of of like seniority or yeah. or like they or, paid their dues. They pay, yeah, like, yeah, and you're yeah. a noob and like whatever. And like, and instead of feeling like I have a sense of mastery because I've like beaten, I've got, I'm, I'm at a certain rank because I played this game so much, and I can I can reliably execute at this level. I know I'm this rank. But uh, but there is an entitlement that goes into like into that in that side where it's like it's a it's it's a it's a it's a it's it's like a, another side of mastery. But yeah, so there's a whole you know, there's a whole. That's really like, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like so much you could dive into game theory and psychology and well, yeah, yeah. and when, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, when you get into like design, it really starts to parallel the psychology. And it's true. But but the okay the bottom the bottom of the barrel when it comes to all this stuff is is casinos. Right? Yes, oh, <laughs> like, absolutely. As game designers, you're you're the modern drug dealer. Like not well, you're the drug maker. Like you're you're Walter White. You're making the drugs, and you have to decide what to put in that, yeah. right? And what not to put in it. Because there's certain like like Skinner box stuff. They say they're like random reward schedule, like slot machine stuff. Like I pull a lever, I'm randomly going to get something. Our brains like want to make a pattern out of that, yeah. and it is a weakness in us, and we will always fall for it. And so if you look at a lot of what casino games are, is they're totally reliable psychological traps that will always work. Wow. And, and you'll see Absolutely. some of them start to creep into, into Facebook games, into yeah. all other games. And, and I, it, at one point I had a game crisis where I, I took a game that was really fun that I designed and I took out all random drops in it because I felt like that was like a slot machine. And that, that, but then after a while, I talked to some of the designers and he's like, well... Is that the primary activity? I'm like, no, that was just like for fun. It's like, then it's okay. But you yeah. have to pick a moral line when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. On like yeah. addictiveness in a game. And it gets it gets really dicey. So, I mean, progress meters. Humans will watch progress meters until we die. <laughs> because, because, oh, it, it moved. Yeah. And then and then you're, you're literally extrapolating how long it's going to take. And you're going to be so excited when that progress bar finishes. And we will put up with progress bars forever is that that's like the I, game track in, in euro games is that the equivalent like the three point track kind of. but also like well just like okay like a while back i don't know if you guys ever ran into or remember this but there was just this dumb browser online browser game called cookie clicker oh i've got some it's so and like there's tons of games of that style now that are just clicker yes. games where basically you just yeah. sit there and you click your mouse and you watch no. a progress bar go up but they're idle and then games you too. buy other things to to make the progress bars keep going yeah. up without you clicking, but yeah. then you can keep clicking and you can make it go faster, and it's just okay. all upgrades and clicking and progress yes. bars. <laughs> yeah, Cookie Clicker and and all of its ilk, like Adventure Capitalist, and there's been several that, that have come. And what's fa- and uh, a dark room has a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's addictive. No, but but there's there's several things going on there. First of all, the idle game is is an offline game. It's playing yeah. and like you're like. I feel great because it's making money for me while I sleep. You know, yeah. like you just feel like because it's, it feels like investment. Like like yeah. I have investments that are paying off, and it's and it's growing all the time. And then you want to go optimize it and get it working faster. But it's doing a couple things besides it being progress meters. Like 
some of those games are just progress meters. <laughs> yeah. And like a stack of 20 progress meters are like, oh, that one's almost done. Yeah. And like your brain oh, pops up. And just yeah. numbers counting up progress meters. And yeah. Numbers. Well, yeah. Like the browser <laughs> game that's just meters. Like, oh, yeah. Every time I, I'm, they were, they seemed like really popular. Like, four or five years ago. I get, I get uh, so drawn into them. Um. But, but, but the other thing that's going on with those is Cookie Clicker is working on an exponential scale. Yes. And so it goes from like 10,000 to 10 million to quadrillion and, and it just keeps getting so big that you can't even like comprehend it anymore. But like you look back at yesterday, you're like, man, I was only making 100 a day back then. I'm making 1,000 a day now. I was a chump back then. And you feel like this progress. You're like, yeah. I'm so much better than then. Yeah. And, and when you look at this progress meters... It's because humans assume linear progression in things. Mm -hmm. I look at a rate, and so like when I'm taking damage in combat in like League of Legends or whatever, and I take a big chunk of damage, I run away, even though that was his only hit, it's because I assume linear, I'm gonna take two more hits and I'm gonna be dead, right? Yeah. yeah. But oftentimes it's not, you know, it's just like that was just up front. So with Cookie Clicker, it's like this growth of like exponent, exponent, I, I keep feeling this, this acceleration. I'm constantly accelerating. I'm getting faster and better and faster and better and faster and better. So it's like, think of like, a Euro game on crack where like yeah. you build this little board game thing <laughs> yeah. and, and like, and then it goes bigger and then it goes global and then it goes, you know, and, and, and it's really abusing our sense of, of, of that linear progress. And, and it just breaks us. Like we don't know how to deal with it. And so we're constantly excited about it. Well, and like the little, the achievements are just close enough together that you're like, Oh, well, I'll just get to the next, yeah. like just yeah, to yeah. the next one. And I'll just get to the next one. I'll just get to the next one. I'll keep going. Same. I have the same reactions to playing Civilization on the computer because it's always like, well, just one more turn. One I'll more just turn. play one more turn. I'll just play one more turn yeah. forever, for hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, th now, this is interesting to think about because I always thought putting, like, a random element in a game in general was a bad thing. Like, that, that, that has been my design idea in my yeah. head for years. Like, even though I would do it because I, I kind of like random stuff, um... But I actually think, so So above and below, when you read the book, like, every time you read the story, it's totally random. And for me, I thought, oh, that's going to be, that's going to kill that game. But I actually think it's well, helped it's make people like exciting. it. Like, the surprise. Yeah. Well, there's, there's different. The random rewards is what you're talking about with the slot yes, machine. Yes, okay, random rewards. And above and below has that. It's got, but it's got both. It's got the, it's got the random rewards in the book, but it's got the, um you know, the well, standard rewards, you can see them when you buy the buildings. But what's interesting about the randomness in Above and Below is that it creates a narrative. So narrative randomness, because what happens is you're giving people tent poles of like, here are certain different events that happened. Yeah. And then people start to fill in the gaps and they start to get invested. They're like, oh, this happened and that happened. Well, that means that this happened in between. Yeah. And they start to yeah, fill out. And right. so you're just giving them a little bit of a spice of like, have you ever seen those story dice? Like, yeah, like yeah. it's similar to that. Like, like this is just like giving people enough of a framework to start to fill in the gaps on their yeah. own. And your artwork does that too, because yeah. it's impressionistic. People fill in the gaps on their own. They're like, well, I think that's behind the cloud or, <laughs> or because this is kind of fuzzy. I think that it really kind of looks like this yeah. and, and, and it's evocative. I mean, with Burgle, I've had people do fan fiction. <laughs> because uh, and, and the characters, it doesn't describe them. It just yeah. sort of hints at what, yeah. what they are. Yeah, and, 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 and people like try to give personality to the guard, and they're kind of like, well, what is the guard thinking when he was doing this? And I have this event deck, which... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, a friend of mine who worked on, on, on Hearthstone, um, he, he, he talks about randomness, and, and randomness is important because it can... Um, what was, the, what was the, the actual quote? It was, um, 
when you if you have a game like Puerto Rico, right? There's no randomness. It's just like it's all just other people's decisions. Um, you need to have enough randomness and a kind of diff- different things that can happen that it can create a story worth telling. Mm-hmm. Because so often, like, I'm not going to tell the story of chess. Or I'm not. Gonna, there's like, if you think about a low luck game, but if you think about a high, you know, like the, the kind of the randomness that can happen in like Hearthstone or in other games where like kind of wacky stuff can happen. And, and your, your job is just to try to, like, mitigate that. Like, you know it's random, even in a deck builder. Like, I don't know exactly what hand I'm going to get, but I'm, I'm going to kind of try to work with it. And so luck, luck being important for um, creating, you know, especially story elements, I think is super important um, because it makes the experience memorable. Yeah, I, I hope we get fan fiction for near and far. <laughs> this is it's, me it's... saying this right now, if you're listening... Please write me some fan fiction for Near and Far when you get it. Yeah, it was, yeah, like I, I just have one of them. But like for me, my first fan fiction was like, I will, and it was even clean. It was even clean fiction, which was, oh, nice. which was even a bonus. That's we good. like clean fiction. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't don't write not safe for work fan fiction and then tweet it at me. <laughs> don't do that. It's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah Rule forty three. Yeah. yeah. So, you can write it, just don't tweet it at me. Yeah. yeah. So we, we've talked about a lot of, you know, really interesting subjects, but I know you had a, a game development tip. Yeah. And we always do a tip of the Woo. week. All right. It's the tip, tip, tip of the week. Yeah, special edition. <laughs> so. All right. So my 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 one sentence tip is, uh, people want to win because of skill, and they want to lose because of luck. So they're gonna want to. So the person that won wants to feel like it was their skill that got them there. And the person that lost can, wants to have something to blame. They can be yeah. like, well, well, next time the board will be different or the cards will be different. Or I'll get a better draw or I'll get a better roll. But they need to have just enough that they can like blame that. And then they'll want to re-engage. They'll be like, let's play again. You know, yeah. let's, let's, let's do this again. That's really yep. interesting to think that. But the guy that won... They have to. They have to. You know, be able to was, dismiss it. Yeah, because somebody would be like, "Oh, you won because you just got a really good card, or you rolled a six at this one point." You know, but they'll say, "No, I had a really good situation here, and I strategized really well here." Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So, so that's the balance of like, I mean, and that's the whole thing between like Euro games and Ameritrash games, and like, th- there's always been this 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 uh, gradient between these two worlds. And so maybe embracing the the randomness around around narrative, yeah, and yeah. and just a little bit in the gameplay, so that so and also like when you when you don't have any randomness, people can get, things can get solved. It creates al- alpha gamerness in in cooperative games because it's like okay, this is solvable. There's no luck factor, so I'm going to tell everybody what to do. Yeah. And like, so so as a co-op co-op game designer, like how do you know how much randomness and luck to put in the game? Well, it's kind of over the top in, in, in Burgle. I have <laughs> randomized tile layouts, wall layouts, events, loot, tools, all that's random. Yeah. And so I had to take an aggregate approach where I had to almost develop all the stuff near, you know, get a lot of it kind of like what tiles and, and the general variables set in and then just play it a whole bunch and, and have the game be long enough that, because uh, Bur- Burgle's like an hour and a half. To, to that that if you get bad luck in one part you're gonna it's gonna get easier somewhere else so like if I lose mm. my stealth tokens here I, I really won't have to use them later on right. um, and sometimes you just lose sometimes you get hosed yeah and then that's okay it's okay in and, that game because it's part of the story like the narrative is so important in that game yeah but I mean, yeah. even in the pandemic you'll get hosed yeah like you're like I got bad draws oh we got an, a thing and then the city popped back up and then it blew up and then we died mm. and that's and that's okay right you need to have some 
chance of just outright loss and and it's totally luck based. Yeah. But but in general, I'm just trying to make. There's a whole a whole other conversation we've had about, <laughs> about yeah. you, you know you want the characters to get stronger, but you also want the situation to get more more hectic and more frantic and more I call it friction. Like you want to have an appropriate amount of friction for the players as they progress in in any game really. Usually the friction are other players, yeah. but but getting getting enough friction so that the system is creating more zombies for you to fight or more whatever the cooperative situation is. You look and there's something that's introducing that that the stakes are getting higher, but you're getting stronger in some way, mm. like like progression. Like now I have this new tool or this power up or whatever. Right, but I think right. I think that increasing franticness also helps mitigate a lot of the frustration if you do lose in a co-op game, because at least you lost in some exciting way. Like yeah. if it was if it was like you weren't really doing anything and nothing was really happening and then you lost, that would be disappointing. Yeah, it's the if you if you lose in a game, you want it to be like a critical miss in D and D, where something huge and exciting and horrible yeah. happens and that's your failure. Well, it's yeah. it's the the blaze of glory versus bleeding to death. Yeah. yeah. So like <laughs> no like no like Monopoly, that's you funny. bleed to death. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But but most most victory point games are actually races. We're racing to like the yeah. end the end condition or racing to a, a, a point value yeah. or whatever. And so there's always this tension of like, oh, we're racing and, and the climax is usually right at the end. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if you look at escape room puzzle design, yeah. they almost put the, the really tricky puzzle right at the end yeah. so that you feel like I got through all this stuff and then at the critical moment, we're almost going to get out. And it was like a super hard puzzle. You, you weren't going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. But you feel like you're almost there. It's like the cliffhanger in a show. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you know, or like Euro games kind of figured that out where like you build this engine and you only get to turn the crank a couple times and then the game's over. Yeah. But now you want to build the engine again. Yeah. You know. Well, people always say my games are too short because of that. But I'm like, if I let people keep turning that crank for too long, yeah. like it loses all the tension and the excitement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the anticipation of that progress part. Yeah. Just to tie it all together. The progress part. <laughs> yep. Oh gosh. Speaking yeah. of progress bars, I just thought Scythe has so many progress bars. It really does. <laughs> and it that's really like does. that's the part that I got really caught up in when we played Scythe is I was like, oh, I gotta finish all these progress bars of yeah. these upgrades and these enlistments and these buildings and uh, like it's got true. your little player board with all these very visible progress bars with all well, the pieces yeah. on it. Although some people are going to be super offended that you just said that. I know. Sorry. Well, well uh, but the one thing that saves us from all the psychology is that in all these these tricks and whatnot is that in aggregate humans adapt. Yeah. So like I play, I got hooked into Candy Crush or whatever. But after a while, like I saw that it wasn't making me more happy, or it wasn't, you know. And we look at the aggregate result of a game, and we're like, that didn't really. I didn't really enjoy that because it just took too much out of me. It didn't give back what I put into it kind of thing. But other games, like, like I got a whole narrative out of this game. Like, I went in just wanting to play a Euro game. But when you give the player more than they kind of expected, um, you know, and sometimes, in some games too, like, even if it's one really good game, it's okay. Like, yeah. it's like a movie. Like, you know, how often do you rewatch a movie? Yeah, I don't watch rewatch stuff much. Yeah, I, it's okay. Like, it was... <laughs> it was really good. It was really good on it was that good run. Once and, and yeah. yeah, as long as it's good yeah. once, that's fine. So just for me. focus on when you're developing. Just focus on that well, that I, one good experience. And like we talk about all these as like psychological tricks or whatever, but like just because there's something that humans are psychologically predisposed to enjoy doesn't mean it's bad necessarily. Like yeah. I said, it's progress bars and scythe, but I had fun with the progress bars. That's yeah. what I like to focus on. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it, and that's what I'm saying. It's like so it, it's, you're making a recipe and you're deciding how much cinnamon to put in. Yeah. Right? But some people, you know, just put meth in. I don't know. They like, <laughs> like or they or they just or they just put cinnamon in. Like it's yeah. just 
like like what I found if, if you can put some of these elements in, um, you know, for different player types, and maybe I'm just showing up because I like the random drops, you know, yeah. um, it's not that bad. You just need to figure out how to how to balance it. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're out of time. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah. Uh, it was a great discussion. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, since. Uh, Craig isn't here, I'll just say that you can follow us on iTunes or SoundCloud, or listen to us on Stitcher. You should give us those iTunes reviews. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Red Raven Game, or you can follow me on Twitter at Brenna underscore Asplund. And do you have a Twitter, Tim? Uh, uh, TFowers. There you go. There you go. Have a good week, everybody. See ya. Bye. See ya. Go make a sandwich.